Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No worries, man. This is Colin McGuigan for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Delighted to be joined with Houdini himself, Frank Smith. Frank, how are you getting on? Good. I like that nickname. I like that nickname, Houdini. You did You did try and get me a few times in New York, but I sort of, you know, I dodged. I had a few bits going on, so I, I'm sorry, but I'm here. I'm finally here. You dodged me well, mate. I actually uh, I swapped you out yesterday when we couldn't go for Sugar Ray Leonard, so it worked out okay. I mean, in fairness, to be honest, I don't know why you even asked me then. If the options <laughs> were me and Sugar Ray, I don't know why. You know, I, I I'm just, try- I've just, <laughs> I just retired now, mate. I was trying to get them both in the, the same day, but it didn't work that way, so here we are. But look, let's, uh, first off, let's recap last week in New York. Unbelievable week for um, Amanda Serrano, first of all, but also an unbelievable week for Matchroom because you finally get Taylor Serrano over the line. Talk to me a bit about that. Yeah, no, great week, as you say. You know, great main event between Serrano and Cruz. Cruz will be, you know, coming back in some big fights down the line. Um, Alicia Baumgartner becoming undisputed champion. You know, what, what she's done changed her life over the last, you know, just over a year and a half is, is quite sensational. Uh, Richardson Hitchens looked brilliant on that card as well. Great performance from him. Rivera. You know, a, a good win for Ramla Ali, first title, first title for Sky Nicholson as well. Um, and Shadisa Green as well, an, an MVP fighter. So, you know, it was a great fight, for, great show from top to bottom. And as you say, to be able to top that off with the announcement of Taylor Serrano, a fight that, you know, has been long in the works, you know, something we've, we've wanted to do and, and deliver again, that rematch everyone saw, MSG, you know, the, the event that, that, that was built, um, around the MSG fight back in April. Um, and, you know, like I say, a long time in the making. And May 20th, we go to Dublin with it. Um, and, you know, to to be putting on Katie's essential pro debut in, in Dublin after all this time it is a great thing to say. Talk to me a bit about that because I've I've seen and we've spoke to Eddie about it, Conor McGregor, and it's kind of like pushed on down the line. Now, where are we at with those conversations? Is Crow Park still in the conversation? Yeah, look, it's still ongoing. Some discussions are ongoing in the background. Um, you know, look, 
as a business, we want to do the biggest events and we want to put on the biggest shows. Croke Park was something that we were committed to doing. I've seen a lot of talk in the, in the media around you know, venue hire fees, etc. cetera. The, the hire fee and the costs associated with going to Croke Park com in comparison to other venues, not just Wembley, Tottenham, the Cowboys Stadium, Hard Rock in Miami. You know, we, we, we're not... We're not a small promoter. We've done shows in huge stadiums all around the world. Um, and the costs at Croke Park, unfortunately, were just something we've never seen before. Um, you know, we, we really wanted to do it there, but it makes it prohibitive. And, and, you know, essentially you want to deliver the best possible opportunity for the fighters. Um, and, you know, maybe, hopefully, there's something we can get done, but it's still, still discussions ongoing. Regardless of that, though, the aim always for us was to take Katie Taylor back to Dublin. Um, and that's been the focus for us. So regardless, May 20, we're coming to Dublin. I know you say you're, go you're coming to Dublin, which is great. And it more than likely is going to be the three arena from what I'm gathering. But because we're so we're so much up against the clock now, what, we're only three months really away from, from the 20th of May. Do you believe, in your opinion, that it's still possible to go to Croke Park? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I think it's tough and un, unlikely. And I think Three Arena is the most likely location for that fight. But nothing's 100% confirmed yet. When are we likely to get that confirmation? And, and ticket sales? Because that's what everyone in Ireland's talking about. When are these tickets going on sale? I'd say probably the next week we'll have some more details around the venue. You know, Over the next seven days, we're working through it. And then ticket sales will follow... Um, probably towards the end of this month, early March. We've got a lot of shows going on sale at the minute. It gives us a, a long lead time of sort of 10, 11 weeks. So that, that will all follow as soon as possible. And like I say, the venue stuff should play out over the next seven days. Is it fair to say that this isn't going to be the end for Katie Taylor in Ireland with Matchroom? You know, you're building an Irish stable. Do you foresee possibly if this fight doesn't go in Croke Park, maybe in September against Chantal Cameron or Alicia Baumgartner, it's a possibility if Kitty Taylor wins against Amanda Serrano? Yeah, 100%. You know, this is just the beginning, as you say. Um, and it doesn't mean that we can't put it together in the future. I saw, you know, we, we worked and discussed with the government on numerous occasions. Um, I think it, it was, they've obviously got the rugby on at Aviva Stadium that same night, the date that worked around our TV so, you know, I think there's ways of making it work long term if it doesn't work on this one. And and like I say, for sure, that's our, that's our aim is to bring Casey Taylor back repeatedly, you know, now. Let, let's move on to something that came out this week from the zone in terms of the price point. It's been a massive talking point in boxing. You know, you've people, both sides of, of the argument, um, $9.99 a month, but you're locked in for 12 months. There's a flexible pass option. It's $19.99. Give me your thoughts around that and, and take away the fact that you're associated with the zone for a second. Would you agree with that price point if you were maybe a, a buying customer? Yeah, look, I think the, the, there's a third option as well, which is the annual pass, mm -hmm. which is, I think, £8.33 or £8.30 a month, which is a 30 pence increase from the original price. Um, I understand you have to take up a, a year subscription for that. But I think looking at the subscriber base and the people there, Design wanted to offer offer the best, you know, the, the best boxing and best quality service at the best price for those subscribers that will stay throughout the year. You know, this is what they do as a business. They're specialists in this. They understand their market. 
they understand their consumers and uh, they, they, they would have looked at the data behind the consumers who have stayed with them from day one as well to make this decision. You know, ultimately they, they, they want to reward loyalty and that's what they're doing with setting the price there. Um, and, you know, I think, I think sometimes it's in the messaging as well. People jump straight to the 1999 piece. You know, and say we're starting from seven ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine, but ignore the other parts around it. If you want to come in for a fight at nineteen ninety nine, and you, you're not interested in, you know, seventy five percent of the shows, that's your decision to make. But I think, like I say, people miss the the side of the other offerings that have that have been put forward as well, and they just you know they hone in on that one that one point, which is the nineteen ninety nine price point. Um, you know, it's obviously very difficult times in the world right now as well. Um, so, you know, announcements like this will go down tough. I think with the Anthony Joshua fight being as part of the subscription was great for the subscribers as well. Um, but, you know, the, the business has to be sustainable at the same time. Um, and, you know, that all of these decisions are made on the basis of, you know, long-term plans for the business. Whenever you think of it, though, so you're, you're telling me that, you know, this is the price point and they, they've went with what they've seen in terms of the data and stuff like that, which I understand. For me, it's not an issue, but I can understand some people's argument and saying, well, if I'm going to pay for, for 12 months and the zone and Matchroom don't have a boxing show in the UK on in January, I'm paying for nothing in January, really. So what would be your response to someone's argument with that? Because I think that's a, that's a relevant argument. No, yeah, look, I, I can understand that point. We've been working very closely with the zone, um, you know, to work on longer term scheduling and longer term plans. You know, we're, we're doing around 30 to 35 shows a year, something like that, around that sort of number. You know, our aim is to, to give consistent, you know, good value for the subscribers. So I think the zone as part of this discussion as well, we're very much looking at the longer term. You would have seen we announced up until April. We got plans to announce some more things for May and June as well. Obviously, Taylor Serrano's announced, but you know, longer term plans are, are very much the focus now, and being able to give the subscriber the value they deserve, especially around the the annual subscription. So that's I completely understand that point, and I think that's something we're working very hard to make sure we deliver. You know, throughout the year, Anthony Joshua being included is a huge plus because now he won't be on pay per view as such in the UK. What other fights can we see land in that that argument? You know, will Canelo potentially be pay per view? Will he not be pay per view, or will will we still likely see the the pay per views coming? Look, I do think for the biggest fights there is going to be pay per view. You know, it's something we've discussed quite openly over a period of time. Um, there's there's definitely always going to be a place for pay per view. It's something we've uh, you know spoken about in the past. If all your other competitors in the market are running the pay-per-view model, it's, it's very difficult to compete to get those fights if you're not replicating the same, you know, same system. Um, so I do think for the biggest fights, you will see pay-per-view for sure. But as we've shown with the schedule we've announced, you know, with the with some of the major nights that are included as part of the subscription, our aim is also to deliver unbelievable value for the subscribers. We'll talk a bit about Joshua Franklin. I read some reports that from, I think it was Everything Boxing, who you guys said, Scott, um, or No Smoke Boxing and International Boxing News, that there were suggestions that Franklin almost pulled out of this fight. Is that true? No, 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 no. Everything everything was good. 
Um, I, I don't know where who everything boxing is. Quite impressive though, you know. He seems to seems to know things before we even know things. Well, I saw that and I, I, I panicked a little bit, but no, it was a uh, it was all good. There was we were going back and forth on a few bits, but there was never any concern. You know, the fight's been in place for a period of time, and um, you know, it, it's it's good to get it over the line. You know, I think Jermaine Franklin's a great opponent for Anthony Joshua. We saw him in against Dillian White, um, and you know, it's it's good. He's a, he's a very nice guy as well, so it's good to see him getting another opportunity. You know, at this level of the sport. How big is this for Anthony Joshua, the return? And, and how likely do you think that it, if he wins, we'll see the white rematch in a stadium this summer? Yeah, look, I think it's a massive fight. This is really the start of the next journey, part of the journey. Um, you know, he's still hungry to become an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Um, people will say he hasn't got that hunger, but, you know, he's moved He's moved over to the US to compl- to. to to keep training, continue developing in the sport. You know, if you didn't have the hunger, you'd just take the money and, you know, you, you wouldn't try to improve. This guy is constantly looking to improve. Um, it's a very important fight for him, probably one of the most important fights of his career because this is the most important period, as I said. Um, and, yeah, Dillian White is definitely a target fight for Anthony Joshua. It's a massive fight um, that, you know, would sell out a stadium in the UK. So definitely something we're looking at. You know, but all eyes focused on April first. That's 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 hundred percent the focus for him. Get in there, get back, and get back to winning ways, and you know, in stylish fashion as well. Where are we at with the Edgar Berlanga deal? Because I know he did meet with Eddie in New York, and Eddie said that things were close. Are we any further on with that? Look, I think we're in the running for Edgar Berlanga. You know, he's a brilliant fighter, great character, built you know, built a great story for himself. Um, so, you know, we'd love to work with Edgar Belanga. Let's see, let's see how things play out. But I hope, you know, I think we're in the running. I think we're in a good place. Um, but he's a, you know, he's a very hot, hot fighter and there's going to be a lot of people after him. If you do sign Edgar Belanga, is it fair to say that he walks straight into the headline in the Hulu Theatre in New York? Yeah, that's, that's got to be the focus for us. He's done, you know, he's done two great gates there. Um, he, he he does sell very very well, so that's definitely definitely something we're looking to do. You know, the atmosphere in there on Saturday night, especially for the Serrano fight, was was quite quite sensational. So that's definitely the plan if we can get it done. Alicia Baumgartner became undisputed. She spoke to me after, and she said that she'd love to fight in Detroit. Is that a possibility? And how likely are we to see this Michaela Mayer rematch? Because it seems to be the fight that everyone wants. Yeah, look, that's definitely a possibility. It's something we're looking at currently. You know, there's another fight that could go on there is the likes of Montana Love against Richard Hitchens as well. Richard and Hitchens um, is another great fight that could go on that card. So, you know, that's definitely something we've been looking at. We've been uh, trying to work through currently. The Michaela Mayer fight is a, is a great fight. Um, you know, and I, I saw Michaela Mayer's comments about it all. You know, we're we're happy to do it. It's, it's normally the other way around. It's a bit like the Bivol Baterbiev stuff, you know, like Bob Aram saying, you know, Baterbiev will only fight on ESPN. So, you know, we're, we're happy to do it. But what people have got to understand is Alicia's in the driving seat. She's undisputed champion of the world. You know, she came off the back of that win in London at the O2. And she's in a great position. So definitely a fight we're, we're looking at um, amongst others as well for Alicia. But she's, you know, she's, she's doing a great job. You know, she's all over the media in the US as well. You know, she and she's building a, a real profile for herself. So, massive future and, and definitely the plan to get her back there headlining. Sky Nicholson with a good win in the garden. Um, what's her plan for 2023? Because I, I've seen reports that she may go to the 
2024 Olympics, so she'll have to qualify. Does that change things a little? Yeah, I think that's maybe something. I, I saw some things the same as you. I think it was on Instagram, um, looking at the potential of the Olympics. You know, she was a great amateur fighter as well. So I think we see how see how it plays out. She's had an active year. I think five or six fights in in just under a year. Um, already up to ten rounders. You know, and, and won that Commonwealth title as well in in uh, in Australia in a fight before this. So you know, I think let's see what she decides to do. You know, the Olympics is something that's very important for her as well. So. We'll wait and see how that plays out. The undercard for May 20th in Ireland. Will we mm. see Kevin Ajarko? He's just had surgery. Possibly not, I imagine. What about Thomas Cardi? Gary Colley will definitely be on it. But who else could we see land on that undercard? Yeah, I think Kevin's obviously, as you mentioned, they had surgery. I don't think he's going to be ready, unfortunately, in time, which is a real shame. Um, but yeah, Gary Cully, you know, uh, we'll have some big fight news for him next week after his fight on Saturday. He'll be back out there. Uh, JJ Metcalf working on a big fight for him as well on the undercard. Tom Scarty, possibly, as you say, uh, and a few others as well. So you're going to be in for a stacked card on the, on May 20th. There. Is there an open invitation to Irish fighters at the moment who maybe aren't with Matchroom to, to kind of reach out to you guys to, to get an all Irish fight? Is that a possible? Yeah, I've, uh, it's been back to back on the messages and emails we're getting, you know, suggesting fights. Even Tony Bell, you sent me. It's like a matchmaker now sent me a, a, an Irish fight. He was like, this is a great one for the card. So, um, yeah, we're looking through it now. You know, we've obviously got a lot of uh, commitments as well. So we're going to look at, you know, other fighters that we've got to get out there. You know, because it's a big show and it's going to be a big night. But it's, it, it'll be great to be back um, in Ireland. We haven't done a show in Dublin, I think, since the Macklin show back in 20, I don't know, 2015, maybe. Somewhere to sometime yeah. like that. So, but, but you know, the, the plan for us is to put on a stack card there. Could we see you venture up north to Belfast at some point? Yeah, hopefully. You know, but we definitely think there's opportunity there. You know, we see Michael Conlon obviously does great gates in, in Belfast. We've seen it ourselves with the with the days with the likes of Carl Frampton as well when we used to work with him many years ago. Um, so, you know, it'd be good to get some things back up and running there. Canelo Ryder, how close are we for that one for me? Yeah, getting close. I mean, still... Still a few bits ongoing, but getting very close with it. Um, it's a great fight, and it's great for John Ryder to get the opportunity. He's worked so hard, and you, you think of the career path he's been on, and you think back to, I don't know, eight years ago when he fought Billy Joe Saunders or something like that, um, and, and the fights, he, fights he's had. So, you know, to, to get to this moment now, he's worked so hard and stayed dedicated, and, you know, it's a, it's a massive fight for him. So, uh, very close, very close. I've heard Eddie say that that one likely won't land on pay-per-view, but it's more a question for Joe Markovsky, so I won't bore you with that question. But do you think that there's a possibility that fight lands in London? I think very unlikely, you know, in reality. You know, Canelo's obviously a huge star in the US, um, and you, know, you don't have to be a, an accountant to go through the numbers to understand the difference in taking someone out of their natural market. So I, I think... I think more than likely that that fight happens in the US. In Vegas, yeah. Uh, still ongoing. Still a few, you know, discussions ongoing on that front. Okay. Next, Conor Ben. How soon are we likely to hear something about Conor Ben's return, and, and what kind of show do you imagine that he'll come back on, and will he go straight into headlining? Yeah, look, I think we're everyone's waiting patiently. You know, we're we're a little bit in the same boat. We're waiting for this. This, uh, this update to come through. Um, and, you know, we're speaking to Connor and his team regularly. 
And and the key for him is he wants to get back out. He wants to get back fighting. He stayed fit. But at the same time, he, he's, he's working very hard to clear his name. Um, you know, I think we have to sort of take it step by step. And the, the step, you know, we're very close now to getting, you know, that update from the WBC. And then we move on to the fights. There's lots of things we're discussing and conversations we're having. But it's, uh, you know, there has to be some patience there because, you know, essentially the first bit that's needed is, is that clearance. And then we go from there. Do you think he'll walk back into headline on the show straight away or, or would it be eased it back into things? No, look, I, he wants to go straight back into big fights. He's been training throughout. He's kept fit throughout. You know, and at this stage of his career, he doesn't he doesn't feel like he needs a warm up. Um, he wants to go into the biggest names and the biggest fights, and that's you know that's our job to do. Is the Chris Eubank Junior fight still likely for twenty twenty three in your opinion? Yeah, look, I think it's I think it's the biggest fight out there. Um, I think it's the biggest fight for Chris Eubank Junior. Um, and you know, people are so intrigued by it. Still, we saw the build up that was around. The fight that you know didn't happen. We got very close to the Thursday, and uh, but we saw the scale of that event uh, and what what was created. And I think it's you know it's still a mega fight, and I, I definitely believe it happens this year. When this is all said and done, and, and you know there is the report, and then people can make their their judgment on the whole situation. Do you think Matchroom will file a lawsuit against the British Boxing Board of Control due to the loss money at the time? And also, do you think that Conor Ben will possibly file a lawsuit, the loss of earnings, if he is proved innocent? Look, I can't really talk on the legal aspect for you know for for Conor and for Matchroom as well. You know, it's an it's an ongoing situation. We have to let it play out, um, and we have to you know let all, all of the work be done in the background. There's you know there's a, there's a, a number of people working on it, um, and you know that that's something that I'm sure over time will will play out. But the focus for us right now you know, is to get Conor Ben's name cleared. And for Conor Ben, you know, he's he's uh, he, he's got a lot of people in the background working through it. Um, and, you know, it's been a very hard time for him. So that's the focus. And then everything flows from there. I've only got a couple more questions, Frank, and then I'll let you go. What's Joshua Boatze's status with Matchroom at the moment? Where are we at with that? I think Eddie, Eddie mentioned it a couple of days ago in an interview, I believe in New York, you know, Still longer, his contract was out. Um, we've obviously got the, the matching rights there, so we're working, you know, we're working through that now and hope to have an update very soon on Joshua Boatze. Misfits have uh announced this tag team match. What, what do you make of that? And what's your thoughts on that whole? I know you're you're associated with the zone, so you might not give me your your totally honest opinion, but do you think it's good for the sport? I thought you were going to say Misfits have announced they're going to Ibiza. I was like, yeah, I'm going to that one, September. Um, Look, I, I think I don't think it's a bad thing for the sport. I think anything that brings not just eyeballs into the sport, but people actually going out and, and taking part in it and going to gyms. I think this is going to be a huge driver of a younger audience going into gyms, you know. And it doesn't matter whether it's today that it has a positive effect on viewership, for example. But if in five years' time, ten years' time, these people who are watching these guys and girls go to the gym, get an interest in boxing, and then expand that interest into the pure sport of boxing, I think that's great. And I think this is the world we're in now. And this is, you know, it's, it's a big part. And like I say, if it's a six-year-old watching that who goes, I want to go down the gym, 
that's good for the sport of boxing. And that, that's what that's what it's going to do. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's tough because it's kind of like you don't have to watch it and no one's forcing. Nothing's being taken. It's not like uh, professional boxing is being taken away to be replaced by misfit boxing. Like, if, if that's not what you're into, don't watch it. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But you've still got your core product here and nothing's changed with it. So, you know, I, I think it's beneficial um and i, and I think it's, it's it's a different audience as well what's your thoughts on jake paul tommy fury how do you think that one goes uh i'm quite intrigued by it i mean it, it's been on off so many different times I, f- I feel like it's not far away now what is it three weeks away february 26th weeks, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so i think <laughs> i don't actually know it's weird because you think tommy fury should just walk through him but who knows I mean, I'm intrigued. I'll watch it. <laughs> Next week, Wood Lara. How do, how do you foresee that going? And is there a possibility we get Wood Conlon after that? Wood Warrington, if Wood comes through it? And if Lara wins, what's next for Lee Wood and what's next for Lara? Yeah, look, it's a great fight, you know, and, and fair play to Lee Wood as a, as a uh, voluntary defence of his title to go in there with Maurizio Lara. He wasn't interested in fighting anyone else. He was just like, no, I want Lara. You know, he believes he can go in there and beat him. We've all seen what Maurizio Lara can do. You know, he comes out, he's an exciting fighter, and it's going to be, you know, this is going to be a war. Um, but fair play to Lee Wood. Look, it's a great time for the division. You know, you've got Lee Wood, you've got Maurizio Lara, you've got Josh Warrington, you've got Conlon. Um, you know, Kiko Martinez always there in the, in, in, in the background. He's obviously got his, his final eliminator as well that's uh, either been announced or being announced soon. Um so I think it's a great time for that division, you know, and over the next year, there's some great fights that can be made. So I think, I think we've got to get through next Saturday night. Lee Wood's fully focused on that. I think Josh Warrington will be there watching, you know, because there's a big fight in there for him as well. You know, whether it's the Maurizio Lara fight against Josh Warrington, whether it's the Lee Wood fight, whether it's the Michael Conlon fight, as you say, there's, there's so many options there and it's an, an all exciting fight that's going to draw huge crowds. Is the next fight for Lee Wood at the city ground, no matter what? I think it, look, it depends a little bit on availability, venue dates, as all with all these things. You know, the football season as well. Football clubs, it's not always easy to do events at times that just suit us. You know, they have to they have to fit the fit the club as well. So that's definitely something we're looking at doing. It just depends, you know, on, on that side of things. Final question. We've seen Kelbrook in a bit of bother over the past couple of weeks, um, struggling with his mental health, substance abuse. What do you think we need to do more of as a sport to protect these boxers who are retiring and and are at a loss, really, with with no boxing no longer in their life? I think it's always important to try and keep, you know, Kelbrook's a a good friend, known him for a long, long time, and it's, it's important to try and keep them involved in some way because it's a sport that keeps them disciplined, you know, from a young age. And when that's taken away, it must be very hard. You know, it's hard for me to talk on because I don't, I've never been there. But, um, you know, you look at a number of our fighters who have retired and then stayed involved in the sport. And whether it's training, whether it's managing fighters, whether it's on the broadcast side, I think that's important because it's a huge part of their life that is then taken away. And, you know, just want, you you want them to be happy as well. Um, they work so hard for so long. You know, it's one of the, I think it's one of the toughest sports in the world. 
um, and you you just want to you you want to make sure they're happy and, and content and have something after boxing as well. So that's why I think it's always important where we can to keep them involved in the sport for sure. Well, Frank Houdini Smith, thank you so much for your time, but I really appreciate it, mate. Um, I appreciate it. Catch up again oh. soon. Yeah, you appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for your time. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.